Hello everyone and welcome to the 15th episode of Encrypted. My name is Ahmed Al Balaghi. Encrypted is a weekly podcast dedicated to guiding you through the crypto and blockchain universe. Today we're actually coming to you from Jitex, this huge technology event in Dubai. And today I am very lucky to have Mr. Chris Bennett with me on the show with me today. Say hello. I'm not sure I'd use the term lucky, but uh, <laughs> it's it's an honor for me to be here. Thank you so much for having me. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I'll tell you what, it's it's nice being in this quiet room. Yeah. <laughs> this, is, this is just a huge show, and uh, it, it's just jam-packed, and uh, so it's it's kind of nice to, to get away from the people and find a quiet room and just have a nice conversation. Yeah, so especially really from the noise, right? Yes, yes. A lot, lot of buzz, but uh, it's, it's an incredible show. I don't know that there's any way you could describe this show to, to someone just listening to the podcast. It really is something you have to see in person, but... Um, if, if you're into emerging tech or, or you're just kind of a tech geek like me, um, boy, this is, this is like five days at Disney. It really is incredible. <laughs> Great to hear. So could you quickly introduce yourself for those uh, who don't know you? You bet. Um, well, as you mentioned, my name is Chris Bennett, otherwise known as the Blockchain Beard Guy. Um, I am a partner and chief learning officer in an organization called the Blockchain Training Alliance. So I focus on blockchain education, teaching people what the heck that means, um, all kinds of audiences from uh, senior leadership, non-technical decision makers, all the way down to developers, administrators, architects, um, security folks, etc. So um, spend a lot of time on the plane traveling all around the world and talking about blockchain and um, pinching myself every day to, to remind <laughs> myself this is my actual job. It's, it's just uh, been a, a whole lot of fun. Great to hear. And what, um, what has brought you here to Dubai then? Um, participating in this conference. Um, so uh, the Future Blockchain Summit, another, another great show, uh, which will actually be April 3rd and 4th next yep. year. Uh, they, they have a very large presence here at the show, and we're doing some blockchain workshops and education just mm -hmm. for folks who, who may be new to the space. Um, and then uh, Shivani, who is, is uh, the sweetest woman, one of the show organizers, she loves to keep me busy because she knows otherwise I'll wander off and get in trouble. So uh, she has me busy chairing panels and introducing guests and um, just meeting a lot of people. So it's, it's been a heck of a lot of fun. Anytime I get an excuse to come back to this part of the world, I take it. And I've, I've told her I'll keep coming back here until you lock the doors and keep <laughs> Great. And so it's funny because we're still at this um, time where we're still talking about sort of blockchain 101s. And now you've been, I think you've been giving like a couple in the past um, few days, right? And how has the response been? How have people interacted with that? Have they, um, you know, are they still a bit, are they a bit more confused? Do they, do they have a, you know, a big wow on their face? You know, what's what's the feeling like? Kind of anything and everything. You know, we, we see uh, a large percentage of the audience who have heard the word blockchain and maybe they've heard a few things about it. Um, maybe they think it's it's still just another word for Bitcoin. 
Um, but by and large, uh, people are, are still wrapping their heads around what it means. And so it's, it's a lot of fun to talk about blockchain and its implications and the way it can add value and, and look out on the audience and see light bulbs going off. And then, of course, um, after every session, there's a lot of good discussion and Q&A and side conversations about uh, how blockchain might fit into your business, your world, some idea that you have. So it's been really fun just talking about potential use cases all across the board. And what's the biggest use case that you're seeing um, currently being deployed? Um, boy, that's a, a great question. I, I think if you're into emerging technology at all, and especially in blockchain, um, what's happening here in Dubai is, is very special, especially at this point in time. So um, the work that Smart Dubai is doing um, is, is really setting an example for the rest of the world in terms of how blockchain can be used in the public sector. And I, I think we're also starting to see a lot of interest ramp up in the private sector as well. Um, a few weeks back, we taught a class for Air France KLM, and uh, they're, they're pursuing so many interesting solutions about blockchain. What they really understand is, um, at some point, the rest of their industry is going to realize that blockchain is a thing. And when that happens, they want to make sure that they've defined what a blockchain solution looks like for um passenger aviation, passenger air travel. They don't want that solution to be defined by one of their competitors and then they have to follow suit. So um, we're seeing a lot of that type of model on the private side as well. Um, Mercedes-Benz is certainly leading the charge uh, as well. So um, just an interesting time to be in the space. When I was looking at one of your slides actually from, from your talk today, you had um, this sort of diagram which said private public, open and closed um, in terms of like how blockchain implementations can be. And I remember one slide was, okay, if it's public and closed, it could be useful for sort of voting mechanisms. And if it's um, uh, private and open, it could be used for sort of different things. I was wondering if you could sort of briefly explain the like sort of the difference between that. Happily, happily. Yeah, when you get into blockchain, you, you hear a lot about public versus private blockchains. And, and oftentimes there's some um, debate around that even. Do, do private blockchains count? And, and I won't get into that because that just gets very, very subjective. But um, what oftentimes gets left out of the mix is whether something is open or closed. So uh, for, for folks new to blockchain, one of the important things to take away is it, it's not like a database. There's no ability to update or delete data on the ledger. We can add new records, we can read records, but that's really it. And that's what makes all that data permanent and immutable and gives blockchain built-in version history for all its data points. Um, but if you just talk about things in terms of public and private, if, if we're really defining what that means, we're only talking about who can add data to the blockchain. And unfortunately, what gets left out of the conversation so often is whether the platform is open or closed, who can read that data. And so most of the time when people talk about a private blockchain, they're talking about something that is private and closed. We only have a very small audience who can add data and a very small audience who can consume it. Um, conversely, when we talk about public blockchain, most people tend to mean something that is public and open. But there's some very interesting use cases in both the public closed quadrant of, of the 
solution map, um, and private and open. And, and uh, so the, the point I was making to the audience today is that if you're starting to identify use cases and plan out where it might fit on a matrix like that, you really need to consider both parameters. Who's going to add data to the solution? Who are the consumers of that data? And how big are those audiences? And uh, what we really didn't get into too much in the session today, just due to time, is that oftentimes as you start to explore a solution, you'll find it spans multiple quadrants depending on, on what you want to do. There's often some data that you want to make uh, available to large audiences or areas in your solution where you want large audiences to contribute and other areas where it's the exact opposite. So. Um, it goes back to a philosophy that, that I drill into all the students we have in class, which is many people, especially those of us from a, a technical background, and I say this with love because I am one of them, um, tend to make technology decisions first and then go attack use cases. Uh, so they might say something like, we want to build a solution on Hyperledger. Let's use Hyperledger to solve the problem of movie and content pirating. Um, when, when really that's a backwards approach. What you want to do is analyze the use case, figure out what an ideal solution looks like, and then back into your technology from there. So a lot of what I talk about and that mapping being one of them are just exercises that groups can go through to make sure that they're, they're not putting the cart before the horse, so to speak, currencies. So today I actually had a really interesting discussion with um, somebody who's actually built um, a blockchain platform um, it was actually NEM. So he's focusing on different things and we were basically um, speaking and he said, what I've realized is that blockchain isn't the ultimate platform. Um, it has to be used alongside um, different, um, let's say, systems in order for that to become one platform before a sort of applications can come on top. And for example, what he mentioned was distributed file storage and just a distributed database because a blockchain in itself is not enough and I was wondering in, in sort of the implementations that you're helping with different clients you know in enterprise uh, scenarios are you you know are these things being discussed or is it just blockchain on its own no they I 100% agree they have to be discussed um, and I, I think one of the biggest mistakes I see groups make is operating under the impression that blockchain is an all-or-nothing proposition, meaning uh, if, if we go into the enterprise, it's not correct to have a discussion about, hey, should we rip out our existing ERP system and rebuild it on blockchain? Should we rip out our CRM system and rebuild it on blockchain? Um, you'll find that you get a lot more value and the projects become a lot easier when you identify systems which already work, which already deliver business value, and you find a way to integrate some blockchain functionality into it. Um, blockchain really goes well when combined with other technologies. It's, it's not a competitor. It really is another tool in your toolbox. And uh, just because you went out and bought a crescent wrench doesn't mean you come home and throw away all your screwdrivers. There are appropriate tools for both. And if you consider yourself a good craftsman, um, you, you need to have all of those in your toolbox and know how to use them and, and what the right circumstances for each are. You just mentioned earlier that blockchain can be you know, seen as a new internet. Um, but you, right now you just said that it's, it should be actually seen as a tool within a toolbox. Do you think it's just been sort of overblown, this whole blockchain thing? Well, in, in my mind, 
The internet is also very much a tool. There are some okay. things that we do on the internet we could only do on the internet. I, I can't imagine um, trying to have social media through fax machines, okay. right? It, it would be tremendously inefficient and, and wouldn't really make a lot of sense. Um, but there are, are a lot of use cases the internet doesn't really help. Um, you know, if, if I need to sit down and have a phone call with you, um, the, the phone is still a good tool to have. Um, if I need to communicate something to you, there are times where maybe it's most appropriate just to print it out and put it in the mail and send it to you. Um, if I need to move a physical object, you know, halfway across the yep. world, the internet can certainly help facilitate that, but we need to involve additional technologies. Um, when I talk about blockchain being analogous to the internet, um, where, where I really view the similarities is on the level of change and the transformative effect um, they're going to have on human society, culture, sociology, anthropology. Um, I, I'm very much of the belief personally that technology itself isn't all that interesting. I find it quite boring, actually. What yep. makes technology fascinating is when you add humans into the mix and you see the effects that technology has on human beings and their societies and their cultures and their interactions. So I'm, I'm a, very much a, a technological anthropologist, if you will. That. That's funny because um, when humans are added to the mix, I feel it actually becomes more complicated because Bitcoin works perfectly. Um, but regulators want to get involved. Um, you know, Ethereum can work, kind of works perfectly as well, but you have all these different actors, you know, doing different things that affect other people. And so it's, it's funny because, uh, you know, everything, can, like you can, for example, have digital identity on a blockchain, but it's not, the reason why it's not happening is because it's not a technological problem, it's a human problem. Oh, absolutely. And that's, in my mind, not unique to blockchain at all. Yeah, this absolutely. is the story yeah. of technology. Technology is always out there waiting for human beings to sit around at a table and come to consensus on how to use it. Um, you know, networking every computer on mm. earth together was something that was possible decades before the internet. But until yeah. we agreed on the standards and the right way to do that, um, we, we didn't see the internet as, as it is today. Um, so same thing with blockchain. I mean, humans are messy, imperfect, confusing creatures, and uh, the, the answers aren't always straightforward for us. So you mentioned that you do a lot of blockchain education, you travel around um, uh, spreading the word, essentially. And if, let's assume that blockchain will be analogous to the internet in terms of its you know, um, impact and what it could do, how long do you think that, that we need to actually teach blockchain? Because if blockchain is just going to be an underlying technology and hopefully we see applications in the future, people will just use the, the damn application. They wouldn't care about like, you know, the, the actual thing that is, um, you know, working and grinding underneath it. So how long do you think before blockchain 101s will be out of, you know, out of fashion in a way? That's a, that's a great question. I, I could not agree more with the premise. In fact, um, I'm firmly of the belief that we'll know blockchain is, is really a significant force to be reckoned with. Um, ironically enough, when people stop using the word blockchain, again, to, to go back to the internet, no one really talks about the internet today. We talk about the applications that we've built on top of it. Hey, are you on Facebook? Hit me up on WhatsApp. I sent this guy an email. I never heard back from him. Um, that kind of thing. Um, so I, I think when blockchain as a word starts to drop out of the vernacular, things get very, very interesting. Um, as far as timelines, it's it's 
boy, predicting the future is a risky business. Um, you, you, it's and it, it's also hard for us to tell. We have a little joke uh, back at headquarters because. We spend so much time in the blockchain world. We live in it every day. And so we have a joke about it being very much like the Star Wars convention, uh, okay. meaning that you show up at the Star Wars convention and you've got on your Wookiee costume and you're there for three days and you're surrounded by everyone else who is so in love with Star Wars and they're giving you high fives because they love your costume and they, they get all your Star Wars jokes. And when you're there at the conference, you kind of get into this bubble and you think, oh my God, all of planet Earth loves Star Wars yeah. and thinks it's the best thing ever. And then the conference ends and you get on the bus to go home and all of a sudden you're just an asshole in a strange costume. <laughs> um, so I, it's it's a little tough for us to tell because we're so okay. deep in that bubble. But um, I, I don't know, maybe as quick as 24 to 36 months, maybe as long as, as 10 years, um, which okay. is not a very precise timeline. But, um, you know, it's it's a good thing when that happens. And, and I don't think it's anything we perceive as a threat to our business and um, nothing that I perceive to be a threat personally because, of course, yeah. you know, when, when there's no more need to teach people about blockchain, there's going to be a need to teach people about something that doesn't even exist yet. And that's that's my juice. That's what fires me up is going out and doing education. Um, you know, whether it's on blockchain or the next greatest thing, sign me up. Awesome. Great to hear. And how could people get in touch with you? Um, so a few different ways. Um, you can reach out to us at the Blockchain Training Alliance if you're interested in learning more about education. Uh, of course, I don't want this to be too much of a sales pitch, but um, probably the best way to reach out to me personally is on LinkedIn. Just look up Blockchain Beard Guy. Um, I'm on a few other platforms as well. I, I use YouTube to park videos. I, I don't do nearly as much on that platform as I should. And uh, if you're on Instagram, you can see mostly my travel photos with a, a little blockchain content kind of sprinkled in there. Um, but yeah, I, I really think, and I'm very biased in this opinion, but right now LinkedIn has one of the best blockchain communities. Oh, it does. Um, because it's it's not just completely technical. It's not just the developers or engineers. You get folks from all different disciplines technical and non-technical coming together and joining the conversation and that just makes for content that is much more rich three-dimensional holistic engaging so um, absolutely if you're not connected with me on linkedin just look for chris bennett chris with a k or just look for blockchain beard guy uh, i'm i'm the ugliest guy on blockchain and you'll find me right away yeah, it's a really big beard as well. <laughs> um, and it doesn't quite come across on a podcast, does it? No, it doesn't. Um, but I'm sure it will in the photo, don't worry. <laughs> oh, good, good. Um, and also a quick shout out to, you You mentioned the Future Blockchain Summit. Um, so that's happening next year, April, um, on the 3rd and 4th of, yeah, 3rd or 4th of April. And this is actually backed by the Smart Dubai government. So it's sort of um, in association with the Dubai government and... It's probably going to be the one of the biggest events, I think, um, held in this region, and I think um, probably globally as well. So, um, yeah, for those listening, do check it out. And Yeah, definitely one of the biggest. Um, I'll, I'll add into there, whether it's the biggest or not, it is, in my opinion, hands down the best blockchain conference there is. The, uh, the organizers 
truly understand the value of providing education and making sure that people leave the conference having learned something about the technology and what it can do. Um, you know, so many of these conferences right now um, are, are really nothing more than just a pitch fest. And, and of course, there's a proper time and place for that. Um, but there's, there's also a need, I think, for our community to come together and to talk about um, education, the platforms, what they can do, and not just, hey, invest in my company or, or look at my offering. Yeah, um, I think investments are key. I think this is the reason why we're sitting here, to be honest. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but cool. Thank you so much for um, being on the show. And we look forward to seeing you next Thanks time. Thanks for having me. The, the honor is all mine. It's so cool what you're doing here with this show in, in the region and helping to get good blockchain content out there. So anything I can help do to support you, I'm, I'm always happy to. Thanks a lot. Of course. Thank you for listening to this episode of Encrypted. We hope you've enjoyed it. We are on a mission of making blockchain an inspiring reality. So we thank you for supporting us on this journey. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram. And don't forget to subscribe and review us on Apple Podcasts. Your reviews help the show a lot. Thanks for joining us.